0: Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. This is Sean, and today I'm here with Gagan Dalliwal of the Full-Time MBA 2019 program.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about it yourself? Yeah, so I'm originally born and raised just outside of Toronto, Canada. Grew up in an immigrant household. Like a lot of Indo-Canadian kids, you know, there was a huge pressure growing up to do something in the sciences, in the STEM fields, yeah, you know, the stereotype is always engineering or medicine or law. In, or law. <laughs> in my case, I chose uh, I chose medicine. Okay, for me, it was a great way to combine everything I had learned in the classroom, everything mm-hmm. from economics to biology to anthropology, and applied in a really meaningful way clinically. And it just it was a credential that gave me a lot of options. I can nice. do everything from teaching to doing clinical work to you know doing malpractice work, testifying in court. Right now. You know, I, I, I was very fortunate to be in a country that had a universal healthcare system that functioned extraordinarily well. And, and that's, that's well Canada? In Canada. Mm-hmm. But even in a well-functioning healthcare system, you start to notice things that if you don't work in a clinical setting, you'll never appreciate. Right. You know, I started to realize how much dysfunctionality there was in the healthcare system, mm. how much intransigence there was. You know, you have, you're, I mean, you're delivering very expensive care provided by extremely autonomous, competent, and highly educated individuals right. in a very you know chaotic and unpredictable environment. I mm-hmm. mean, I can't tell you, you know, it's funny. When we were in operations, we talked a lot about, you know, Q times and what, what affects Q times. Yeah. And when I was sitting in that class, I was thinking the entire time, man, I wish in med school, somebody had taught that to us. Hmm. I wish in med school, somebody had taught me the concept of, how to improve the customer experience when they're waiting in line you know for 3 hours in your clinic or in the emergency room yeah i wish i had the corporate finance skills to understand okay why is it that you know our clinic costs are so high or why is it so expensive to run a hospital and what can you know how can we add value to a hospital through capital structure mm-hmm. these are things that you know, as a clinician, I saw intimately how, you know, these these this dysfunctionality affected patients and clinicians. And now coming to business school, I realized that many of the problems are rooted in the business of medicine. Right. So for me, my experience through medicine, I was a primary care physician. I did residency. Mm-hmm. I also did some health policy research on the side. So I really learned at an abstract academic level about Canadian healthcare and global healthcare. Yeah, I noticed you published some papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of in palliative care economics. So looking at, you know cost data and outcomes data for for end-of-life care and seeing how different settings of care and different models of care would affect outcomes. I see. I even worked a little bit in entrepreneurship because I thought, you know, it was a, I almost had a romantic notion of what a startup <laughs> would be like, but it was a fascinating way to really quickly learn about US and Canadian healthcare, hmm. learn about business and learn about the challenges of innovating in a field like healthcare. Yeah. So doing all those things, I realized that I don't think I could practice full-time clinically forever. I know Mm -hmm. I want to do something at the intersection of business or healthcare administration and consulting, maybe a startup. Or maybe I'll do clinical work with a little bit of policy work on the side. But either way, I needed some time to explore that mm-hmm. nexus. And I needed some time to develop a business network, right. develop a new set of skills, just be in a new country and really stretch myself in ways that I'd never been stretched before. So that's what brought you to Haas, I meant. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of after residency, I decided you know I needed that space and the MBA was a great option Mm -hmm. and Haas provided me with a great value proposition and here I am. If I
0: remember correctly, you did your residency in Vancouver. Yeah, so I did my primary
1: care residency. I finished in two years in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I did my training at McMaster University, which is just west of uh, Toronto, close to Buffalo. And after residency, I came directly here. Nice. I work a little bit on the side, but I'm here predominantly. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, what has your experience at Haas been like so far? It's been incredible. It's been, you know, I'll tell you, it it's not what I expected in a very good way. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'll start with the basics. So academics, it's been it's been really fun. I mm-hmm. mean, going through the core sometimes can be a bit tedious, but the great thing is the academics, they they structure us in cohorts. Yeah. So immediately I've gotten to know, you know, sixty to seventy people pretty well and yeah. a handful of people really, really well. I've learned a lot of amazing things. I couldn't agree people. with you more by the way. I've learned <laughs> I mean you I mean some of the I, I was a business
0: finance background uh, really? for undergrad and still having, you know, run my own business for the past ten years, coming here I realized there's so much that I don't know. So it's it's been really valuable for me as well.
1: And you know what it is for me? What what I really love is much much of my learning has come from just turning to my classmates mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, where are you from? What do you think of what we've learned in class?" Or yeah. is this what you did at your workplace? Just those casual, spontaneous conversations. That's where you you know through osmosis you learn so much. Right, so right. you know I've loved the academics and the learning environment. The sort of the extracurricular life here is incredible. Tons Mm -hmm. of clubs in and outside of Haas. And then probably the most important thing for most students, which is recruiting. There's a very, very robust infrastructure, both inside and outside of Haas, that's helped me get the sort of job I know I wouldn't get Mm -hmm. as an international student and as a clinician. There are incredible resources, the program office, my peers. I can't tell you the number of alumni connections I've made just by asking peers, hey, do you know anyone at this place mm-hmm. over a random coffee or a meal at iHouse. house? So it's been incredible in those yeah. respects. And then of course, as someone who's new to California, it's, it's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. Lots of opportunity, great weather, a little pricey, but it's a really awesome place. You'll meet some incredible people here. So I've, I've been loving it so far. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the clubs you're a part of? Yeah, so I'm part of a few clubs. I'm actually the co-president of the Haas Politics and Policy Club. Mm -hmm. We're sort of an affinity slash industry club. Mm -hmm. We focus primarily on providing a venue vis-a-vis events, speaker series, social events, etc. whereby students of all political and ideological backgrounds Mm -hmm. can come together and openly and empathetically discuss issues related to politics and policy that affect them personally professionally and, and that'll ultimately shape the society in which and the economy in which they live. Yeah. Really we're, you know, I think a lot of people think of us as a few policy wonks sitting around talking about, you know, midterm elections, but really what we are, <laughs> we want to have interesting fun conversation and we want people from every single program. This our club isn't, you know, history majors who work for politicians on you know k street or on uh, sorry in uh, capitol hill we want economists bankers startup people physicians we have um i actually advertised our last event the trump tax policy it's it's a panel debate Mm -hmm. we're actually so check this out we're bringing the dean of goldman the professor maria karkovich who's a macroeconomist here she teaches the mba uh, macroeconomics course okay and we're bringing in a writer from the american enterprise institute which is a libertarian think tank in washington Mm -hmm. they're sort of, they have very close connections with the Republican Party the, at the national level. Right. We're bringing all three of them to campus um, on March 21st at 6 p.m. here in Chu Hall, room N340. And we're going to have an hour and a half debate on the Trump tax policy. Mm-hmm. I've brought in a very politically diverse set of speakers. It's free for all students. We've actually, we're actually um, we've are actually we opened it up to both students and Goldman students. Okay. So anybody and EW, evening and weekend MBA students, part-time MBA students, and undergrads. Mm -hmm. So we encourage everybody to come out. It's free to register. There's food and drinks. And the key thing is, this is the sort of event where everybody, no matter who you are, you're going to pay taxes. I'm an international student. I've, I've been here for less than a year and I have to file a tax return. Right. You've been here most of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You you're you said you, you have your own businesses? Yeah. Yeah. So you've dealt with you know what it's like to have to get financing, deal with taxation, deal with, you know, government bureaucracy. So you know these issues matter just Business people. Yeah, business mm-hmm. tax were due yesterday, actually. Exactly. So we want to have a politically diverse, open and safe space where we can just talk about these issues, where people can challenge each other, people can learn, people can have fun. And who knows, this may you may meet your future startup co-founder. Yeah. Or worst come to worst, you just learn something that'll save you a few bucks on your tax return. Yeah. Or you learn something that, you know, that you can take home to your Thanksgiving conversation, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's events like these where we really want to bring students from all backgrounds, especially within Haas. We mm-hmm. want evening and weekend students. We want part-time and undergrad MBA students because, you know, especially evening and weekend students, the, the breadth of work experience and the maturity that you have, right. it, it's blown me away. Right. I've done everything from case prep to you know, having a beer with evening weekend students. And it's just, I've learned so much from you guys. And I think at the club level, there needs to be more collaboration because so much of the Haas experience is rooted in the clubs. Yeah.
0: Well, definitely uh, share a link um, Mm -hmm. below on the podcast for that event. Absolutely. Uh, Send that over to me. Let's talk a little bit about something that you mentioned to me I thought was really Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. about giving more exposure to international students and, and, kind of sharing the student experience of international students on at Haas?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I sometimes laugh that I'm an international student, but only because somebody drew an arbitrary line <laughs> at the 49th parallel. Mm-hmm. My, you know, culturally, economically, socially, Canada is very, very, very similar right. to the United States, especially California, which it has a reputation for being a more sort of liberal progressive state. But even as, you know, as somebody who isn't born here and as somebody who had to go through the recruiting process without U S work authorization, Mm -hmm. it was an eye opener in terms of sort of the opportunities and upsides, but also some of the challenges of, of, of being um, an international student or, you know, technically defined as somebody who doesn't have permanent work authorization, who doesn't have a green card or citizenship, you know, Culturally, it's it's amazing the diversity of America, yeah. the, the wealth, the opportunity, the beauty. Like yeah. every day, I wake up and you know you see the Golden Gate Bridge, you yeah. see the hills, and you know you realize just how blessed you are. And you know when I walk outside, I hear people speaking, you know Tamil, uh, Spanish. Mandarin. I mean, you hear all sorts of languages and right. it's, it really is an incredible place where you could meet people who you would otherwise never meet in life. Mm. And that's been an awesome thing as an international student. And I'm coming from a very diverse city, Toronto. So yeah, yeah. on the other hand, you know, I think there can be challenges, certainly as an international student. I think one of the things a lot of us struggle with is the culture around how recruiting happens. Yeah, I personally didn't find this as challenging, but when speaking to students, especially from, Countries, for example, in Eastern Europe, Eastern mm-hmm. Asia, etc., they often talked about the challenges of networking, mm-hmm. the concept of your ability to get a job being largely grounded in your personal relationship right. and your sort of your, you know, how affable you are at a at a cocktail party, mm-hmm. off chat, yeah. yeah, and having to do this repetitively and repetitively. That sometimes can be challenging. Mm. Of course, it can be also. Of course. There's, it's very challenging when half the companies and firms won't hire you. Mm. Um, because of your, your visa status? Because of your visa status, mm. but also because, and this is, you know, we talk about politics and policy, just the election of Donald Trump. right? That changed things. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, and I, I really hope, you know, this happens. You, you I, don't, I don't know if you remember when Trump passed the mm. travel ban. I can imagine there were probably students at Haas that were affected. Students mm. from those countries who not only struggle to, you know, adapt to the culture here, it's, right. it's it's, a, it's a, it can be a challenge, who have to go through the challenges of the visa process, but now face political uncertainty completely out of their control. Mm-hmm. That tangibly affects their ability to enter the country. Right. So I think, and especially everything that's been happening politically, certainly international students who have to pass the border every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel that. I think those things have, you know, it's led to a sort of up and down experience at times. Sometimes right. it's, it's euphoric and amazing. And at other times, you realize how, challenging it can be to be an immigrant and how in many ways how privileged we are yeah right just I mean some of the people at Haas just you listen to the backgrounds of things they've overcome it's unbelievable yeah it's it's unbelievable I imagine part of the attraction of a top US MBA program and I'm speaking as somebody who didn't even consider applying to Canadian schools Mm -hmm. at all is that the elite business education and many of the elite opportunities that many of these students seek mm-hmm. are concentrated in the United States. Right. You know, if you're a banker or a consultant, I mean, I suppose that's an exception because you know, Goldman Sachs and Bain probably have, they have offices all over the world. Yeah. But if you are interested in tech, you know, 90% of the top tech companies are within driving distance yeah, here. Yeah. Right? Um, right. Even as somebody who was in a, you know, I was in Vancouver, There's a good tech scene in Vancouver, but ultimately everyone wanted to go to Silicon Valley. I imagine it's, similar for finance people in new york i do agree though i i I would like to see more openness to international exchange international opportunities i mean i live at international house Mm -hmm. and that's been an incredible experience just meeting people from all over the world it matters in part because you know the challenges that that u.s firms and the u.s economy faces these aren't I mean, these cha- I mean, other nations have faced this challenge before and other nations offer very, and other f- you know, firms abroad, offer very interesting solutions at every level of business and public policy. So I think it behooves us to have more international exchange. What is this International House that you speak of on campus? Oh, so International House is a—it's an institution on campus. It's actually a few minutes away from uh, Haas, mm-hmm. just down the road on Piedmont. It's quite famous because a lot of Haasies eat there at lunch. Uh-huh. Between classes, they have a buffet lunch. It's originally, it was a dormitory that was, I think, I believe it was founded and originally endowed by Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to promote international cooperation and understanding. So it, it has a very famed history. It was one of the first dorms to be integrated one of the first racially in the United States, one of the first to have wow. you know women in the dorm. You see, you know, in in the 40s and 50s, you see people with turbans, you see people with hijabs, you see people from all walks of life. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkably progressive, and it has a phenomenal academic history. There's you know several Nobel laureates, uh, a famous Canadian diplomat involved in the the hostage crisis in the in Iran in okay. the late 70s. He was an alumni here. A lot of Eric what's his name, the CEO of Google, Eric Schmidt, mm-hmm. he was an alumni at iHouse. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of history, and it's, it's a nice added layer to the Haas experience, meeting mm-hmm. people from all over the world and, and learning from them. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I
0: yeah. mean, I passed by a couple times. I, I never really knew the history should, of it. The, bu- the brunch is great, but they, <laughs>
1: and they have a great cafe too. They have great happy hour deals.
0: Cool. Yeah. Now that you're almost halfway through your program, what are some advice you can give to incoming students?
1: I think the most important thing is there so there's I'll, I'll, I'll frame it like this. there are there's a plethora of options, mm-hmm. no matter where you come from and what you want to do. There are so many options there it's it's almost impossible to to form a hypothesis and for it to be perfectly correct. right I think the important thing in business school is even before you come in, form a hypothesis about what your experience and your post MBA career would look like or you want it to look like based on your prior experiences and credentials Mm -hmm. and based on that hypothesis test it as early as possible so once you get to business school you really hit the ground running Mm -hmm. it catches a lot of people off and my recommendation would be to immediately start testing that hypothesis start recruiting start joining clubs start contributing to the haas community or you know stretching yourself in ways that you hadn't before so really just start from day one You only have two years here. It really, really flies by. And given how busy many of our, you know, many Hossies are working professionals, they have part-time jobs, Mm -hmm. they're parents, you know, they have other obligations. Mm -hmm. It, it It can fly by really quickly. And you do only get one shot at this. So I would really recommend hit the ground running the moment you get to campus in terms of academics, extracurriculars, and especially recruiting. And if your hypothesis is wrong, you'll have learned something and you then pivot so to speak, sorry for the cliche, you pivot to a new hypothesis. It's a lot easier to pivot from an old hypothesis to a new hypothesis than to start from scratch in January. That's really astute. My last question
0: for you is how can our listeners help you or help you with
1: the club? Well, I'll, I'll say one thing. So this is, I'm saying this in part as a, the president of a, of a politics club, but also as somebody who thoroughly enjoys public speaking, debating, as somebody who's watched countless Oxford Union debates on YouTube, mm-hmm. I really enjoy public speaking and debate. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the art and the, the art of that. And I don't think we do it enough. Mm-hmm. And I think there are many students here who would grow immensely and would love to just step out of their shell and really be open and vulnerable in front of their classmates. Furthermore, I think there's incredible business and leadership value Mm. to be able to, in being able to speak publicly and advocate even for opinions you may not necessarily agree with. I'm sure at some point in your career, you will have to swallow a deal or advocate for something that you don't fully support, but you know, it's what's best for the firm. Absolutely. So I wanted to, you know, I, we were thinking as part of the Haas Politics and Policy Club of creating some sort of workshop series where we would get students to do public speaking routines or debate. We were mm-hmm. thinking of, for example, assigning students a position they don't like mm-hmm. on a controversial topic and getting them to, you know, in small segments in small groups debate one another. Right. I know a few students have at Haas have started something and I know there's a, ca- a very robust debate society. Mm-hmm. but. If there are any students at Haas who are interested in this sort of idea, creating some sort of workshop or series where we can refine the aforementioned skills, I would be really open to talking with you, trying to trying to, you know, sketch out a framework for what can be done. Mm. I mean, I have a lot on my plate right now, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping if we can establish something formal by fall, we can really add a lot of value to the Haas and Berkeley community. So if any students are interested in this, please reach out to me or please reach out to the Haas Politics and Policy Club.
0: And we'll put Goggin's email on the podcast as well. Yep. That's a really great idea. I think to chime in on that, I know the Improv Club has similar ideas in terms of helping students break out of their shell. I think there may be some synergies there and we can create some kind of, uh, I don't know, debate slash improv setting Mm -hmm. for students to practice Mm -hmm. a workshop that'd be great Mm -hmm. great well thank you so much for being on the podcast today thank you we'll talk to you soon thanks thank you for tuning in today my aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories we're always looking for Haasies willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give you more insights into the different programs different careers and ultimately different perspectives We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast, or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachsean at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu.